This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome you to the Warning Television Program. Those that are listening to me on radio or shortwave or our social media programs, and welcome. I've been doing a series on the movers and shakers, on great anointing, saying that we need another great awakening. Now, we're in our college classroom here at World Ministries International. This is a live audience with our staff and families. Great anointing, miracles, Smith Wigglesworth. That's what I want to talk about today. Great anointing, miracles, Smith Wigglesworth. Because I believe we are in the day that miracles are going to be given and more than ever before, we're going to see miracles through people with great anointing. This is the day. Scripture says this is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day Bible prophecy has been talking about. This is the day the book of Revelation has been talking about. This is our time. This is your time to move into the battle, to move with great anointing, to do great exploits. To see the power of God come alive. This is our day. They're trying to topple America. Countries around the world move us into a new world order. You are seeing it. Tyranny. Trying to take away our liberties, our freedom, and even our lives. That's what they want. They hate the seed of Jesus Christ. They hate God. It's the spirit of Antichrist. And he hates you if you stand in the way. The Bible says the church should rule and reign. Occupy. Take dominion. And then the nation is blessed and people prosper. If we don't, evil men do and we suffer and Christians are persecuted. It's time for a great awakening. Another great awakening. Again, Smith Wigglesworth. Smith Wigglesworth and all of the movers and shakers understood Mark 29, 31. The first commandment, the Lord our God, the Lord is one and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength all your soul. This is the first commandment. The second, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. To do that, one, you need hunger, hunger for righteousness. You need humility. You can't let people's words, actions affect you where your pride gets offended. You have a root of bitterness. You love your neighbor as yourself. You forgive like you forgive your children growing up. I've always forgiven my children. I forgive them now. I love them. Second Peter 1, 2 through 4. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness 
through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. The movers and shakers understood that they wanted God with all of their heart and they wanted to partake in the fullness of God. They would go anywhere they had to go for a, a deeper move of God, a deeper encounter of God. If they had to go cross the country, if they had to fast nine months, they did it. They wanted the fullness of God. What do you want? When all things are possible, Smith Wigglesworth, <clears throat> 1859 through 1947. Now, this man of God, I could go into his miracles, which would bless all of us. Tremendous miracles. Tremendous. But, but I want to go on his journey, how he got to the point of seeing all those miracles. Because if we're willing to take the journey, we can get there. He became a powerful voice at the turn of the 20th century. As a man of faith, his main message was, all things are possible, only believe. I like that. He burned within to see the lost come to Jesus. The only book he read was the Bible, and he feasted on it continually. Wow! Think about that. He engaged in the Bible, totally. He wouldn't even read the newspaper. You say, he was a radical. Yeah, the kind I like. He moved with great anointing. What do you move in? See, until you criticize, you got to move with these people's anointing. If not, I don't even want to hear it. Two, conversation. Though his parents were not believers, he remembered always longing for God as a child. His mother was an old-time Methodist who regularly took him to church. While at a revival meeting when he was eight years old, Smith observed a simple folks dancing around a big stove in the center of the church, clapping their hands and singing songs to the Lamb. Again, his parents weren't born again. His grandmother took him to church. I've heard people say, well, well I wouldn't force a kid to go to church. My dad forced me. And I heard the things of God, and, and I remembered it all my life. And I, he was an evangelist. I was in church just about every night of the week. But I know some people that don't force him, and their kids are backslidden. He was eight years old. His grandmother forced him to go to church. And he joined in, watching these simple people sing and dance. He says, a clear knowledge of the new birth came into my soul, and I was born again. Shortly after, he led his mother to the Lord. And his passion to win souls was ignited. Man, I like that. Three, confirmation, encounter by the laying on at hands. Okay, we're going to follow the journey of Smith Wigglesworth. When Wigglesworth was 10 years old, he was confirmed in the Episcopal Church. When the bishop laid hands on him, he had a powerful encounter with God. He said, my whole body was filled with consciousness of God's presence, a consciousness that remained in me for days. After the confirmation service, all the other boys were swearing and quarreling. And I wondered what made the difference between them and me. See, I've had ministers and pastors and apostles want me to lay hands on them or others. Smith Wigglesworth was ready for the laying on of hands, which is confirmation of where he's at because he was longing for God and longing for souls. Now, you can lay hands on somebody that doesn't want God and nothing will happen. Or you have the wrong person lay hands on you Empty hands and empty head and nothing happens. Both parties have to want God. Wheelsworth was baptized in water at age 17. Like Moody, he used a lot of money from his flourishing business to feed and clothe the poor. So these people loved God, they loved souls, and they weren't selfish. He used his business to feed people, to help people, to clothe the poor. 
And he, he had a flourishing business. Smith fasted every Sunday and never remembers seeing less than 50 souls saved by the power of God in the meetings with the children in the hospitals, on ships, or in Salvation Army. He fasted every week. When he was 23, he met a young lady nicknamed Polly at a Salvation Army meeting. They soon married and planted a church together. Wigglesworth admitted that his wife was the preacher and he encouraged her to do it all. Wigglesworth was not an elegant preacher. He was not good. But you're going to see he became good once he was baptized in tongues. Four, turning back to God. In 19, or 1884, Wigglesworth got many requests for his plumbing work. Now listen to this. He spent most of his time away from church while his wife continued to flourish in her ministry. His heart cold toward the things of God, Smith Wigglesworth. And this affected their marriage. One night, Wigglesworth commanded Polly to stop coming home so late from her ministry endeavors. She let him know, while she was his wife, Christ is my master. At this, his temper flared. You know, he had backslidden a little bit. He got cold. He locked her outside the house. <laughs> she walked around the house to the front door, which was open, re-entered the house, and she couldn't stop laughing at him. Smith couldn't fight anymore, and he laughed with her. <laughs> At that moment, something shifted inside of him. His heart rekindled to the things of God. As a result, he decided to give 10 days to prayer and fasting to get his heart right. He knew he was wrong. Now, that, that's a big man. Following this time, a deep satisfaction and consecration unto the Lord, there was a marked change in him to the extent his temper and mood left. His moodiness. Hey, if you got a, a quick temper, 10 days, prayer and fasting. Start there. His wife steadfastly and ability not to take offense was a catalyst in the turning point to re-engage with God at a deeper level. Again, she did not take offense. You know, that is so important. Like you, you heard me, I read my blog. Uh, do not take offense. Hunger and humility. Don't take offense. Humility. If you have too much pride, you take offense. Your pride hinders you from moving in the Holy Spirit. Nearly 10 years later, July 1893, after 10 days of focused prayer, Smith had another epiphany, an even deeper sanctification experience. At that time, he believed this to be his baptism in the Spirit. He believed it. He continued his plumbing business and, he, and evangelized wherever he had the chance. Five, healing encounter and small beginnings. When the leaders of the Leeds Healing Home wanted to attend the uh, convention, Keswick Convention, an annual Christian conference in Keswick, England, they asked Smith to stand in for them and preach at the Healing Home. During his first time preaching there, 15 people came up for prayer. One on crutches was instantly healed. He jumped up and ran all around the room. When Smigglesworth returned to the Bradford, he started healing meters there, after he and Paul introduced divine healing into their church, the congregation grew so much that they had to move to a larger house on Bolin Street. Later, Wigglesworth almost died of appendicitis, but an elderly lady and young man prayed and commanded the devil to come out in Jesus' name. Wigglesworth was healed and went to work that very day. I remember 
10 years ago, EJ Watch, two people dying of MS. MS is incurable. They were in their last stages in a wheelchair and, and gurgling and everything, you know, with a breathing. And, and I commanded the devil to come out of them. They fell over. I moved to the other people. A lot of people were being healed. I came back 10 years later and a pastor said, do you remember them? I said, no. They were in sweats and, and tennis shoes. They were the people in MS dying. And you commanded the devil out and they're perfect. This is a power of God. You can do it. Move into your anointing. This is your day. Leave the past behind you. Leave your baggage behind you. Your day begins today and you move into your destiny as you claim the promises of God and you actively follow and chase God. Following the miracle, over the years, he fiercely released healing over people with appendicitis everywhere he went. It is believed that every single person with the condition was instantly healed. Wow. Some of you have a testimony. You have an experience in the past. God uses your past. Adalia has a past. God has been using her past and will continue if she continues to share it and take authority in those realms that she already has had victory. Every person with an appendicitis instantly healed. Now, I could go on with miracles with Smith Wigglesworth, but I want you to go on the journey to see how he got there. One day, a man came to Wiggleworth's home to ask for prayer for healing. Smith decided to pray and fast for seven days. He directed the man, you fast for seven days. The man returned to share the good news. He had been healed. I remember I prayed for a, a couple. They couldn't have babies. They tried everything in the world. They went to doctors. They tried everything, artificial insemination. The doctor said, no eggs, no babies. I was in a large church, over a thousand people. They came up for prayer. I said, you pray and fast for five days and you'll be pregnant. They prayed and fast for five days and they had twins. The Seattle Times took the interview. God is a God that speaks and he answers what he says. It will come to pass. It's time to move into your anointing. Move into your destiny. Move into the fullness of God. Because of the earlier sanctification experience, Wigglesworth believed he had been baptized in the Spirit. But the man invited, this man that was healed now, to pay Smith Wigglesworth fees, expenses, if he would travel to an area that people were speaking in tongues. Wigglesworth said, I'm already baptized. But he went anyway. He got there, he disrupted the meaning by challenging the people, asking more about the experience of speaking in tongues. So he, got, he was so hungry for God, he just disrupted the meaning. Hey, what about tongues? Because he sat there and they were preaching, but nobody was speaking in tongues. He says, I was constantly, continuously disrupting the meeting until the people wished I had never come. But it wasn't in a bad way. He wanted, he wanted to speak in tongues if it was real. He said, I was hungry. I was thirsty for God. I had gone to Sunderland because I had heard that God was pouring out his spirit in a new way. I heard that God had now visited these people and manifested his power and that people were speaking in tongues as on the day of Pentecost. And that's what he said. I want to be filled. Oh, they said, when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you will speak in tongues. I am baptized. <laughs> I interjected. Wigglesworth. And there is no one here who can persuade me that I am not baptized. So, you know, he had gone on a journey. He had encounters with God. He had fasted. He had now moved into areas of healing and things like this. But there is more. Can you say amen? There is more. God wants you to have more, more anointing, more power, more authority. 
During this time of frustration in Sunderland, Wigglesworth went to, on to a Sunday to a local Salvation Army to pray. Three times he was smitten on the floor, slain in the spirit. By the power of God, the group asked him to preach that evening. The Salvationists were not supportive of speaking in tongues, though, at that time, and they warned him against it. Alexander Body called an all-night waiting meeting in Sunderland Convention for the next Tuesday night. Smith recalled that it was a very precious time, and the presence of the Lord was very wonderful. But I did not hear anyone speak in tongues. At 2.30 in the morning, the meeting closed, but Wigglesworth had forgotten his keys in the hotel. So a missionary from India invited him to stay with him. The missionary from India and Wigglesworth prayed for the rest of the night and received a great blessing. Wigglesworth recalled that for four days, I wanted nothing but God. As the days passed, I became more and more hungry for God. Now, he had traveled to Sunderland to attend these meetings because he wanted to speak in tongues. I'd opposed the meeting so much, but the Lord was gracious, and I will always remember the last day, the day I was to leave. <laughs> I'm laughing because he's interrupting these meetings, causing a problem, because he wants the Holy Spirit. God was with me so much. They were to have a meeting, and I went, but I could not be still. <laughs> the revival was taking place at an Episcopal church. I went to the rectory and to say goodbye, and there in the library, I said to Mrs. Body, the rector's wife, I cannot rest any longer. I must have these tongues now. <laughs> she replied, Brother Wigglesworth, it is not the tongues you need, but the baptism. If you will allow God to baptize you, the other will be all right. I answered, my dear sister, I know I am baptized. You know that I have to leave here at four o'clock. Please lay hands on me so I may receive the tongues. <laughs> she stood up, laid hands on, on, on him, and the fire fell. He says, the fire fell on me. I said, the fire's falling. Then he gave a revelation. Oh, it is wonderful. He showed me the empty cross and Jesus glorified. Then I saw that God had purified me. It seemed that God gave me a new vision, and I saw perfect being within me with mouth open saying, clean, clean, clean. When I began to repeat it, I found myself speaking in other tongues. The joy was so great that went I to utter my tongue failed and I began to worship God in other tongues. He couldn't speak in English now. As the Spirit gave me utterance, Acts 2.4. It was all as beautiful and peaceful as Jesus said, peace be still, Mark 4.39. The tranquility and the joy of that moment surpassed anything I'd ever known up to that point. But hallelujah, these days have grown with greater, mightier, more wonderful divine manifestations in power. Days kept growing stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. See, these people were never satisfied. Some people are satisfied. Some people here have been satisfied. These people were never satisfied. They wanted more. I can tell you I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied. I want more. You will never come to the end of the Holy Spirit until you have arrived in glory. After his encounter, Wigglesworth went straight to the church. The place was full of people. I can't remember what I said. They said, we have been rebuking this man because he was so intensely hungry. But he has come here for a few days and has received the baptism. And some of us have been waiting here for months and have not received it. Wow. What's the difference? A great hunger. It says, after this testimony, a great hunger came upon them all. They saw that if this man 
could not rest. He did not want to rest. He came across country. He went here to be filled. He interrupted the meeting. I want to be filled. Just nonchalant. Okay, it'll come in time. He got filled and they didn't. But now after the testimony, hunger came upon them all. From that day, God began to pour out his spirit until a very short time, 50 had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Results of spirit baptism encounter. Great anointing for preaching. Immediately after Wigglesworth encounter, his wife, Polly, and others were skeptical. You know, sounds like a wife. <laughs> Polly said the true test would be the manner in which she preached on Sunday. Now, I could also say, sounds like a husband. <laughs> Wigglesworth preached on Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. That morning with such assurance that Polly could barely believe it. This is her husband speaking. See, she had been the minister. He wanted her to do it all because she was eloquent and he was sort of a, not very elegant, but anointed. Revival broke out. Wigglesworth recalled, as soon as I finished, the secretary of the mission got up and said, brethren, I want what the leader of our mission has got. He tried to sit down, but missed a seat and fell on the floor. That's not Wigglesworth. That's this person. I want what our leader has. And now she, the power of God starts coming down and falls on the floor. There were soon 14 of them on the floor, my own wife included, Polly, skeptical of her husband. We did not know what to do, but the Holy Ghost got a hold of the situation and fire fell. Wigglesworth was so passionate about releasing the kingdom of God that he responded to many requests for ministry. He would travel for miles just to pray for one person. I mean, that's humility, isn't it? It's also love. The love of God. I mean, at one time he was a very successful, wealthy businessman. He didn't care. He, he wanted souls now. He hungered for souls. He and his wife regularly prayed every Saturday night, claiming a minimum of 50 souls to be one on Sunday. Many times God answered their cries and 50 or more stepped into the kingdom the next day. Paul got baptized in the spirit and also spoke in tongues. This new element of their ministry radically changed their Bowlin Street mission in Bradford. And when they traveled together, wherever they went, many were baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know, they ministered together. I love that. Another time, Wigglesworth received several telegrams to pray for a seriously ill boy in Grafham, England. When he arrived, the mother told him, it's too late. Her son was nearly dead. Remind me of the story in the Bible. Smith answered, God has never sent me too late. He prayed and fasted, then asked the parents to get the boy's clothes ready to wear. He went to the Sunday meeting at the Primitive Methodist Chapel, where he was invited to take charge of the service. Everyone there knew the boy and also had the faith for his healing. This led Smith to see that faith could arise in others as it had in him. He returned to the boy's house where the parents had not followed his instructions to lay out the boy's clothes. So here's the parents did not have the faith to obey the instructions because he was, appeared dead. Wigglesworth got the clothes himself when he saw that. He told someone in the house, put the boy's stockings on. Then everyone he ordered to leave and he shut the door behind him. I've done that. And I've saw the miracle then. I wanted people with faith and only with faith to stay with me. He prayed in the moment he touched the boy's hand, the presence of God filled the room so powerfully that Wigglesworth hit the floor. <laughs> he laid in the glory for over 15 minutes. This power of God shook the room. While Wigglesworth was down, the boy regained his strength, began shouting, I'm well, I'm well. 
<laughs> That's exciting. I love it. And the boy got dressed. He ran to tell his parents. But they had fallen down in the kitchen from the glory of God because it filled the house. These skeptics. Oh, the boy's alive. Crash. <laughs> can you see it? I can see it. They don't believe it. He's alive. Crash. They're out. The boy's sister, recently returned from a mental asylum, was totally healed on the spot. Revival fire was released. That whole town was affected. Double anointing. Several years later, Wigglesworth's spirit baptism, Polly died after preaching a sermon. Smith rushed home and commanded her to come back to life. She was, she was restored for a short while until the Lord told Smith, it's time to let her go. Let her go. He released her to be with the Lord, January 1, 1913, and asked a double portion of her spirit. Following impartation of her anointing, Wigglesworth began traveling internationally, where he used as a catalyst to start revival meetings in California, Canada, Switzerland, Norway, Sweden, Denmark, France, Sri Lanka, Australia, New Zealand, and elsewhere. He said, if you do not venture, you remain ordinary as long as you live. If you dare the impossible, then God will abundantly do far greater than you ask. Smith Wigglesworth. Eagle Saving Nations, go to my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. Click on Eagle Saving Nations. Be a member now. Let a great revival sweep America. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.